Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Thank you all for being here today. I want to pray real quick. Thank you, Lord, for everyone who's here today. Thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in us today. I pray, Lord, that today we would receive from your word and from your spirit, from your presence. We just invite your presence here today, Holy Spirit. Thank you for everyone who's here today. And I pray, Father God, that you would reach into their hearts, and every one of them, touch them the way they need to be touched today. In Jesus' name, amen. So. It's freaking out on me just a sec. It'll come. Okay. So the. the title of my sermon today is called Overcoming Tribulation. I normally don't do this because I, I don't like to rely on technology. And honestly, sometimes the Holy Spirit gives me different terms that I take as I preach. So I normally don't use a PowerPoint, although because the Bible has so much to say about this topic... I wanted to be able to condense a lot of information. This is kind of a four-part journey this morning. And really just sermon was birthed out of my own tribulations that I've gone through in the last several months. And those uh, around me, I, I seem to have a lot of friends and family and loved ones that are just going through a lot of tribulation right now. And I, I kind of touched, I, I taught on this topic last week in our Bible study, and I thought that I was going to call it good. I actually had kind of a different path I was going to go on this sermon, but I just didn't feel like the Lord would leave me alone. So perhaps some of you today are going through tribulation or disappointment or trouble or anxiety or worry. Hopefully there's a word here for you today. Okay, great. <laughs> so this is again, I this is gonna be kind of four different parts here. I want to talk about how the Lord delivers us. I want to talk about the reality of an adversary that you have in your life. I want to talk about understanding God's nature. And I, I want us to have a, a good biblical understanding of why. Our relationship with Jesus is so vital to overcome tribulation. This is an interesting thought, but I think, and I, I borrowed this from Oswald Chambers actually, but I agree with him that the average view of Christian life means deliverance from trouble. And I believe that many times the Lord shields us from things 
and does deliver us from trouble. Can y'all turn the lights down on my face just a little bit, please? He does shield us from a lot of things. There are a lot of things going on around us that we never even see happen because he has our back and our front and our sides. However, the reality, and I think a, a more biblical understanding of tribulation is to understand that we are delivered when we're in the troubles. The troubles do come our way. And, and, and God delivers us in those troubles, through those troubles. John 16.33 says, I have seen these things, said these things to you, that in me, me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. He doesn't say you might have tribulation. You will have tribulation. And he wants us, through our relationship with him, through a deep relationship with him, to be able to overcome those tribulations and those difficulties. God does not give us an overcoming life, but he gives us life as we overcome. Oswald Chambers also says. Next slide, please. So, this is another kind of profound thing to think about, but... When you spend yourself physically or mentally or emotionally, it wears you out, doesn't it? You go cut wood all day or you go run six or eight miles or you carry boxes all day or you drive your truck all day or you solve problems all day in your job. You overcome things and it wears you thin. But it's interesting because when you spend your, it has been my experience, and uh, as you see the scripture here, Isaiah 41.10, it's true. It's been my experience that when you spend yourself spiritually, you actually become encouraged. You actually become strengthened. You actually become energized. This last week, I was working in Mexico City. When I traveled down there, it's wearisome. I go from a town of four or 5,000 to the second largest city in the world. Traffic, just craziness. Dealing in another language the entire time I'm there, so that kind of where that really tasks you. If you have anybody here bilingual, you know when you're communicating in your in your second language, it requires more concentration. And by the end of the day, you're just worn out. You really are. One day, I'd had a long day. I think I got up at three o'clock that morning. By about 8 or 9 o'clock that night, I was having a conversation with someone about Jesus. And it's just amazing how after that conversation, when my tank was full again, I had all this energy. I, I literally I couldn't go back and quite go to sleep. You, but you'd have thought I'd been worn out. But the spiritual exertion strengthens you. Reading your Bible strengthens you. Praying to the Lord strengthens you. Doing acts of faith strengthen you. In Isaiah 41, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Have you ever felt that when the Lord upheld you? That's right. Do you need that today? Are you in here today? 
You don't have to show me your hands, but just lift up your heart to the Lord. If, in fact, you need the Lord today to uphold you. Do you need him to be a shield about you, to strengthen you, to guide you? To take away that spirit of heaviness. To cast off those worries and anxieties that assault your mind. Have you ever had that? Where you, there's this thing going on in your mind and it's like this tape recorder. And it plays over and over and you can't seem to stop it. Part of that is because we have to have a fuller understanding of how to do that. Let's go to part one in this journey. The Lord delivers. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Every single one. You may say, well, wait a minute, Lord. I can think of times you did not deliver me. But the party's not over yet. Your life is not over yet. Be patient. It doesn't always come when we think it's going to come. That's right. But in the end, if you're righteous, which means your life is made right through Christ, you are delivered from tribulation. Trust me. You are delivered from that day of judgment. It is appointed unto man to die, and then comes judgment. Life is like a sigh, and then it's over. Seventy-seven years, a few more if you're strong, you get on this earth. We should be concerned about our deliverance for eternity. If you think the trials and tribulations of this earth are bad, imagine those who don't know Jesus, the trials and tribulations that they will face for eternity. So let's take a deeper look into Psalm 34. Because I noticed this cause and effect thing going on. You see, to be delivered by the Lord, it does require things on your part. My part. And it's frustrating to me because some of these things I haven't done a very good job of the last few months. I'll be real honest with you. That's probably why the Lord keeps plaguing me with this topic. But maybe there's things that have spoke to my heart through his word, that today will speak to your heart through the preaching of his word. Psalm 34, verse 4. We seek him, and he answers us. You see, there's a cause, and there's an effect. We seek him, and he answers us. The poor man cried, and the Lord answered him. He encamps angels around those who fear him. You get that? Not everybody has angels encamped around them. Only the righteous. Did you know that? Only the righteous. Later we'll see, I'll prove through scripture, that Christ only prays for his own. He doesn't pray for those that aren't his. Did you know that? He blesses us when we take refuge in him. Where is your trust today? 
In what are you taking refuge? These things that you need upheld from, in what are you taking refuge in? Some bad relationship? A bottle? Something you're viewing on television you shouldn't view? Pursuits that are not healthy? What do you take refuge in? The Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're saved. But you got to run into it, you see. Cause and effect. When you seek him, you lack no good thing. That's provisions. Doesn't mean you get a Ferrari, by the way. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None who take refuge in him are condemned. You get that? That's kind of like the, the evidence of his thoughts. That's the touchdown at the end of the game. That's the most important part you got to get out of the whole sermon. He redeems the righteous. Salvation. Next slide, please. So let's take this a little further. Let's go a little deeper. Let's talk about a biblical action list. You all like action list? I like action list. Little lady wants me to clean the house and she has this and this and this. I'm like, wait, write it down for me. I need an action list. Otherwise, I'm off riding my motorcycle or something. Give me an action list. So, look at this how we see in Psalm 49. Kind of engages all the different parts of the body here. With my mouth, I speak wisdom. Do you choose your words carefully in the midst of your tribulations? You're tired and angry and lonely. Are you choosing your words carefully? I'm not so good at that sometimes. Just ask a little lady. Are you being careful with what you say? Are you being careful with what you say to yourself? Are you being careful with how you talk about others whom God so fearfully and wonderfully made? Or are you criticizing and backbiting and looking for all the bad things you can point out in other people because it makes you feel just a little bit better about yourself. My mouth will speak wisdom. My heart will meditate on understanding. Meditate in your heart on things that you learn from the Word of God. Meditate in your heart. I may share... I like to share, I preach the word. I'm going to share a lot of scriptures today. But out of the scriptures I share today, certain ones are going to hit you right in the chest. Those are the ones I would encourage you to write down and meditate on. Grab a hold of them for yourself. Apply them to your situation. Apply them to your life. Does that make sense? Because his word, I promise you, will renew your mind. It will begin to deliver you inside from that tribulation. And then you'll start seeing some outside deliverance take place too. I've seen that time after time. Have you not? That's right. Does what I'm speaking 
resound in your heart? It has to because it's the Word of God. My ear will listen to Proverbs and worship. It says that. It, it, Psalm 49, 4. If you want to overcome tribulation and distress and anxiety, put your ear to the Word of God. Put your ear to the book of Proverbs specifically. I do that all the time. If I'm having struggles in my business, man, Proverbs has so much to say. If I'm not doing so good as a dad, Proverbs has so much to say. What are we putting our ears to? What do we place our hope in? Hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Do you trust God? That's one of the reasons I want to talk about his nature. Because if you understand his nature, you'll understand absolutely you can trust him and you should trust him. If you understand his nature. There are four or five, there's a lot of things about God that are a mystery. There are four or five things today that I want us to all be on the same page about, about God and about his nature. Be led by light and truth. Be led by light and be led by truth. Have you ever noticed when you're walking in darkness, you can't see? And you could be about to fall off of a fat cliff, a relational cliff, a work cliff, a health cliff, whatever it is, you could be about to fall off of that darn thing and you don't even know it. Because when you're deceived, you don't even realize you're deceived. That's why it's called deception. And that's why it's called darkness. So I encourage you today, as I'm trying to encourage myself today, because I don't always do it either. Don't think this because I'm the one sharing the message that I got all this down. Let me reiterate that. The reason I'm sharing this message is because the Lord won't leave me alone about it. Be led by the light. Be led by the truth. That's right. So many people around you are going to give you bad advice. Sometimes they do it on accident. Sometimes they do it on purpose. You ever heard that term, misery loves company? Here's Romans 12, 12. I put that one in there because it's real easy to remember. Romans 12, 12. I would ask each one of you, you know how I said there's going to be specific scriptures that you today should write on the tablet of your heart? Well, here's one that I hope everyone today will memorize. Have it in your mind, have it on your tongue, have it in your heart. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Constant in prayer means day and night. Day and night. There is nothing wrong with just wrestling with the Lord, wrestling with the Lord, and praying, 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 seeking the Lord on something. And you know what? At times he'll correct your prayers. Halfway through it or a week later, you're praying about the same thing, and you realize you're not even praying quite right. Because you're not. As you pray, read the Word of God, pray the Word of God, and ask him, ask him to speak to you. Ask him to give you the prayers to pray. So next, next part 
Let's take a little turn on this adventure this morning. Thank you. Part two. You have an adversary. Yes, we do. You've got to realize that. I don't mean just to talk about it, think about it, kind of put it in the back of your mind. If you are walking down the street and somebody's throwing a brick at your head and you don't even know it, chances are you're going to get hit in the head. Yes or no? True. How many times do you get hit with bricks in the head? Once a week? Every other day? How many bricks get tossed at you? How many times do you take the bait as it's presented through your own corrupt mind? As it's presented maybe through your spouse? As it's presented maybe through this person you work with that you can't stand because they lie to you all the time and they don't follow through on what they're supposed to do? And they set meetings up with you and they don't even answer the phone because they're hiding out from you? <laughs> maybe that's something I'm dealing with. <laughs> I don't know. A little too much detail there, maybe. You ever had, have you ever had enemies, like real enemies, like physical enemies? Have you? You do. And you definitely have spiritual enemies. And one of the things we've got to get, and we don't. I don't know why we're so stupid about this. Why don't we realize that what is going on in the spirit affects everything else? Affects the physical. Affects the emotional. Why am I so downcast, oh my soul? Why is my heart at tumult within me? If you want to understand, I'm not going here today because I don't have time, but if you want to understand the negative effects of sin in your life, read Psalm 39. All day long I go about groaning. My strength fails. My friends and loved ones, they stand far away from me. They don't want to hang out with me because my sin is so crappy, they don't want to be around me. Nobody wants to deal with me because of my sin. Read Psalm 39 or 139, I can't remember, but you'll find it if you look. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against rulers and powers and authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness. This present darkness. What is the Bible referring to? This present darkness. When the devil and a third of the angels revolted against the Lord, he said, I will become like the most high. He's called the serpent of old. Well, guess where he was cast unto? Here. This place. That's why we live in present darkness. Except those who have their mind, their heart, their life renewed in Christ. Then you're walking out with a little flashlight. You can kind of see where to go in the midst of all this darkness that's going on around you. Don't you feel it? Raise your hand if you felt the darkness going on around you. Come on. Let's be honest. If you can't be honest with me, you can't be honest with yourself, you're not going to head into this. You're not going to overcome. Next slide, please. So, resist the devil. Stand firm in your faith. Humble yourself. God lifts up humble people. We were talking 
Earlier in the message about who God upholds, do you need upheld today? The first thing, humble yourself. Ask him for help. He'll do it. He'll do it. Cast your anxieties to him. Because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Remember what I said about walking down the street and that brick coming your way? Well, if you're not looking around, if you're not looking around, how are you going to know when somebody's about to come up and knife you right in the back? Be sober-minded. Be watchful. The enemy wants to destroy your life. You have an enemy. You have an enemy. Face that enemy head on and face that enemy in a spiritual way. Fighting him with prayer and the word of God. I was ministering to someone who was demon possessed one time. Kicking on the back of a chair and all this nasty smell coming out of their mouth. Prayer wouldn't stop that demon. But as soon as we got out the old sword of the spirit. Started reading the word of God. Man. Peace just fell. Amen. The only Read about the armor of God. The only weapon. Everything else is defensive. Is protecting Helmet of salvation, shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness. But the only sword, the only weapon in that armor is the word of God. It's powerful. It is powerful. You ever been in a dangerous place? Thought something was about to go down and you just start claiming scripture over that thing? I was telling this guy one time in the name of Jesus to give me this knife. He didn't give me the knife, but he calmed his spirit. He was calm. The word of God is powerful. Everybody say that with me, would you? The word of God, the word is, of powerful. God powerful. is powerful. The word of God penetrates. When you're dealing with anxiety or fear or frustration, try this. Let's do it right now. Close your eyes. Just close those eyes right now. Let's hear a little confession of faith right now. Lord, Lord, I trust you. Trust you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I need you. Help me, Lord. Come quick. Trust you, Lord. Believe in you. When we did that, and right now, keep your eyes closed for a second. Do you feel like this little warm blanket kind of coming over you? That's the power of the Holy Spirit, by the way. I could be in the midst of true turmoil. And just stop, take a deep breath, and say, Lord, the enemy doesn't want you to believe. Doesn't want you to remember that you can trust God. Let's go there. Talk about the nature of God. Part three. The nature of God. You can find a lot about the Lord. Psalm 36 says five things that I think are critical to understanding our father relationship. Which, by the way, it's also the five basic tenements of parenthood. So you can kind of soak this in. It'll make you a better parent too. But let's look at God the Father. Can you go to next slide? So, pretty much, it's summed up in love, correction, protection, 
provision and direction. That's the nature of God the Father. It says in verse 5, steadfast love extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Steadfast love, do you know what that means? Steadfast love. Steadfast love. Can we all make a covenant today to apply steadfast love to your marriage relationship? Mm. Steadfast love means you're not just looking for somebody. If all of you are single, think about this for just a minute. Don't just find someone that you feel all this rush of, of exciting emotions about and think, that's my soulmate. I'm getting married now. Find a good friend. Find someone who loves Jesus. Find someone that over the course of the years you can love deeply and committedly. That's the marriage relationship. The, 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 the fancy Hollywood feelings, they come and go, don't they? Who, who here has been married for more than two years? Raise your hand. Let's be honest with ourselves. Come on now. As much as I love the little lady, been hanging out with her since about fourth grade, third grade, there's times she doesn't like me very well. And there's times maybe I don't like her very well. But I love her and I'm committed to her. Amen. That emotion, that anger, that frustration, that bitterness, those things will pass. Apply this truth to your marriage. It'll be the best thing you do. So God's nature is steadfast love. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast, you say, Lord. That's correction. His righteousness, like his judgments are deep. God is fair and just. His judgments are deep. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. I love that scripture. God protects you. God protects his children. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from the river of your delights. Provision. Provision. With you is the fountain of life. In your life, do we see light? The ultimate kind of component there, direction. God gives us direction. You can rest assured that God the Father can be your strong tower, can deliver you from tribulation because of these five things about his nature that never, ever change. Part four. Why is our relationship with Jesus so vital? A couple things just to point out. The only way to know God is to know Jesus. The only way to know God the Father is to know Jesus. That's right. It's critical that I point that out because there are a lot of people on this earth who have faith of some kind. There are a lot of people on this earth who claim they know God. But they don't know the real God. Christ came so that we could know the real God. He came so that we could know the Father. He and the Father are one. That's why you can't know God the Father without knowing Christ. And it's not about being bigots. It's not about being racist to other faiths. And, well, the Buddhists think this, and the Hindus think that, and the Mormons think this. Okay. But if this is true, 
It's immutable. It's true. It's not. It's our place to receive it. If it's true, we can either receive it or we can deny it. But if we deny it, there are consequences. It's just how it is. The only way to overcome tribulation is to know Jesus. That's it. Next slide. Are Jesus and God the same? Are Jesus and God the same? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's right. Then he said, if you've known me, you would also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. That's it. That's what he said. You can believe it or don't believe it. But don't be like a Muslim who says, I don't believe that, but I do believe Jesus is a wise man and a wise teacher, and we do believe in following his teachings. Well, no, you don't. That isn't true. If you did, then you would understand what his teaching says. I'm it. I'm the only way. So you, you don't have to receive that. You can get up and walk out of here right now if you don't agree with what I'm saying. I won't be offended. I love you and I'll pray for you. It's your choice. It is your choice all the way to the grave. And from then, you don't get a choice. You get that? From then, you have no choice. Jesus said, next slide. Everyone who hears my words and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came, the floods came, the winds blew. Are the winds blowing in your life today? Are you flooded up to your neck? Do you feel like the water's about to overtake you? I'm talking to you about it today because I've been there. And this is the only answer I found that is solid. That's right. True. You can count on it. This is it. If you found something else that works, have at it. But I'll challenge you that it's not really working. You can put up a good front. We can all put up a good front. Who cares about playing games? Do you? Really? I don't. At the end of the day, at the end of your life, it doesn't matter. All those false things, all those prideful arguments, all that willful resistance, the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fail. Because it's founded on the rock. If you feel like your feet are stuck in the miry clay today and you just can't get out, place your faith in the Lord. And I mean really place your faith in the Lord. We're going to talk about that a little bit too. Oswald Chambers said this. 
it's a little bit of a tough statement, so I'm going to him. Reflected peace is the proof that you are right with God. If there is peace in your life, that's a reflection that you're like really right with God. If, if you're lacking peace in your life today or tomorrow, last night, what that, at that instant, it's because you weren't right with God. It's just the truth. If you are not right with God, you can never turn your mind anywhere but on yourself. Next slide. Really, at the end of, at the end of things, we can either live a self-centered life or we can live a Christ-centered life. Amen. Self-centered, Christ-centered. And for some, it's a daily battle, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? It actually is for all of us. I was kind of waiting for that. Actually, it's a battle for all of us. Don't let these Pharisees run around here telling you they got it all down. I don't. I know I don't. That's my wife. I'm not coming up here to try to pretend any of that. I'm emphatic about this word because I know it to be true. I'm emphatic about this word because I know there's not a person in this room that doesn't need to apply some of this truth to their life. Amen. Yes or no? Yes. Self-centered versus Christ-centered. J.I. Packer, he's a guy that wrote the book called Knowing God. You familiar with that old classic? There is nothing more irreligious than self-absorbed religion. Say it one more time. And all you got to do is turn on the TV and listen to what's being preached at the pulpit of a lot of churches today. There is nothing more irreligious than self-absorbed religion. When we start getting that our life is about God. It's about glorifying God. It's not about us. There's freedom in that. There's purpose in that. There's peace in that. He's given you talents. If you're, if you're not really fully following him and listening to him, you're not even talking to him anymore. Fully. Fully. Put to death what is earthly in you. Sexual morality, impurity, evil desire, covetousness. Galatians chapter 5. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, but those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a New Testament scripture, by the way. Let no one seek his own good but the good of others. Gosh, it's so prevalent. I don't want to dog social media or Facebook or I, me, this or that. But how much of that is motivated out of self-absorption, self-proclamation, self-promotion? Man, I want everybody to see how cool my day was yesterday. I want everybody to see how many people are following me and paying attention to me. Dude, I got a thousand friends. Whatever. I, I, I mean, I don't fully understand. I, I, I think if the Apostle Paul were alive today, he would be using social media, and I'm convicted of that as an evangelist. 
but I think it would look a lot different than the way most folks use it. Don't seek your own good. Seek the good of others. You'd be surprising how much of a difference that makes. Jesus said, come to me if you're laboring and you're heavy laden. I will give you rest. Jesus is the source of rest. Jesus is the source of deliverance from trials, persecution, tribulation, struggles, sickness, financial problems. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. I'm going to go on. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. You get that? <clears throat> Salvation and having a relationship with Jesus. It is free. It is a free gift, kindness. But don't let that one truth confuse you about many other truths. It does require sacrifice. Jesus said, count the cost of becoming my disciple. Jesus commands us to obey him. He commands us to follow him. Half-hearted attempts at a relationship with Christ will only end in frustration, loss of faith, and probably in the end, loss of your soul. Fruit of the Spirit, that's the other half of that it's the other half of the scripture I just shared in the middle of the page. Love, joy, peace, patience. See that? Love, joy. Okay, remember that truth we shared at the beginning. Tribulation will come your way. It does come our way. But in the midst of that, we can be shrouded with love and joy and peace and patience somehow. And when we reflect that, a dear friend of mine. Guy was my boss, mentor. I love the man. He went to be at the Lord this last year. He had brain cancer. He was still fairly young. Always took good care of himself. Ran marathons. Very positive person. Ate healthy. Didn't have a belly like I do. He took care of himself. And he got brain cancer. And I, I just, I was so admired by Ronnie's strength. By Ronnie's fortitude, by his positive attitude, he told me on the phone when I found out. I cried. I cried when I called him. When I found out, I said, Brady, I just want people. I'm summarizing because I don't remember verbatim what he said. I just want people to see how real Jesus is through my peace in this situation. Amen. Because at the end, I can't be harmed. Really, I have salvation. My mom went through the same thing. Most of you have heard me talk about that. My mom died of brain cancer several years ago. She's only 58 years old. It wasn't easy at all, obviously. I, my mom had so much faith. and I see people get healed all the time. So fortunate that way. And so I really thought the Lord just might go ahead and heal that cancer. But he didn't. But he did. He did. Because... You realize that resurrected body that Jesus got when he came back and kind of showed himself off to everybody for a few days, two weeks? That's the same kind of body we get. 
Well, they can't be touched by cancer or bricks thrown at you in the street. Jesus is, next slide please, Jesus is, Jesus is in charge. Jesus is praying for his sheep. Jesus is healing the sick. I, I, I'm careful about my tense there. You notice the verb tense I use? Jesus is. In the Spanish language, that's tricky because they have like 50 different tenses of verbs. Jesus is. Jesus is alive. Jesus is in charge. Jesus is praying for his sheep. I'm praying for them, he said to the Father. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. If you want Jesus to pray for you, you got to get to know him. Get to know him. Give your life to him. Jesus is the source of peace. He's calling you to obey him. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, that's why the, you can't ever overcome tribulation if you don't have deep relationship with Jesus. Because joy and peace come from him. Jesus is the source of forgiveness. Jesus is the source for salvation. Next right. slide, please. You ever thought about being kidnapped? Like really kidnapped? One of my service guys in Mexico City, his father-in-law gets up every morning, makes meat like four or five ways. It's really good. And he has this little cart and pushes around on the street. He chops it up and makes tacos. He probably makes four or five hundred pesos a day. Divide that by twenty. Get how much he's making. He got this note about a year ago from these little mini cartel people said, You give us a hundred thousand pesos or we're gonna take you. Kill you. It was in an envelope put on his little taco stand. Well he didn't buy he didn't they put a little bank account in there. They're just you ever heard that cyber Kidnapping can happen. Well, he didn't. He got taken. A week later, he got taken. This time around, I think they asked for double. Andres, who works for me, you know, they contacted him and his wife. Said, "We got him. You want him back? You got to pay this much now. That's more than that guy makes in ten years. He was kidnapped. They could barely do it, but they were able to pay his ransom." Nobody can pay the ransom for you. Nobody can pay your ransom. It says in the scripture, truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price for his life. It's too costly. They could barely come up with that money, but they did. I had another buddy, Julio. He's like 65 years old. He sold his plumbing business after operating it for like 35, 40 years. He walked away with about a million dollars cash, and within a month, he was kidnapped 
And guess how much they ask for? You see, down there, the banks are even involved. You come in, you put a lot of cash in. They, they'll tip off somebody. That somebody tips off somebody. Then you get taken. Then they want your money. He can barely afford it. Today, he's living in a house that back in his prosperous days, he bought for his daughter. He's a wonderful man. He wrote a book about his experience. He was kidnapped for 31 days. He could barely come up with it, but he did. But I'm telling you, nobody can come up with your ransom to your soul. No one. You can't come up with it. You can't work your way to salvation. That's right. Your parents' faith ain't good enough for you. Your spouse's faith is not good enough for you. Your preacher's faith will not pay your ransom. No one can pay your ransom but Jesus. He's the only one. He's the only one who can ransom my soul. I'm so thankful because I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Neither do you, really. Next. Blessed is one whose transgression is forgiven. Sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the only one that God appointed to pay your ransom. The word says to all who receive him and believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Do you know Jesus today? Do you really know him today? Do you really have a relationship with him today? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. you really don't know him, if you really don't have a relationship with him that follows and obeys and has faith and hope to deliver you from destruction, would you please raise your hand? The Bible says if you make a confession of faith before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. So I'm just giving you the chance to do that. If you don't really know Jesus, if you never have really surrendered your will to him, given him your life and asked him to forgive you of your sins. Please do it today. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.